Welcome to The Sheer Disc, episode 105. Good evening, everybody. It is once again time for The Shared Desk. I am your host, T. Morris, and over on the screen, to the left, my better half. That's what you Yes. <laughs> I am Pip Valentine. And uh, I you about our, other, our lovely guest. I'm going over to the other lovely guest, the Iron Man of podcasting <laughs> himself. He, it took us a long time to get him on the show, but he finally is here. Guest, si- special guest sign on in. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mangan. You may know me as Deadpan Jack Mangan. I should have come loaded with an AKA name. Uh, yeah, it's okay. AKA. Oh my God, I remember that man. That takes. Okay, so let, let let's do a yeah. quick before we we let Jack introduce himself. We should probably introduce Jack. We called Jack the Iron Man of Cup Podcasting because Jack had a podcast that um, seemed to outlast all the first wave of podcasts. Uh, Jack. Jack has has kept his foot in podcasting, even though he himself kind of ended uh, Jack Mangan's deadpan many moons ago. Uh, the blog is still very active, and Jack has somehow managed to keep his foot in podcasting since the early days, like when like when Pip and I started. Uh, and so I we think the of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you the days of high adventure, <laughs> and and we um. And we handcrafted RSS. Exactly. I was there. I was there. (laughs) I've seen RSS. You people wouldn't believe (laughs) all those, all those lines of code lost like tears and rain time to die to pod fade. (laughs) But Jack has been there since the beginning. He's, I think he is the, he is the only person, uh, apart from myself and Chuck Tomasi to appear in every edition of podcasting for dummies, <laughs> including the fourth one that's coming out soon. Uh, first off, some, some, nice. some quick, some quick shout outs in the, uh, in the chat. I want to say, Hey, to panic. And I want to say, Hey, to, uh, agent series, AKA, uh, AKA steampunk Rick. But the, the whole AKA <laughs> thing with Jack is that that was his, that was one of his jams on Jack Mangan's deadpan. Every time he would sign on, this is Jack AKA. And every week he would have a different, a, a, a right. different, a different <laughs> alias. And I'm like, my God, this man is loaded for bear. Um, and we've had some, we've had some great times with Jack. Uh, it, it has been, it has been too long since I've seen Jack. Uh, actually it was the third edition of podcasting for dummies, but, um, but Jack, uh, what, yeah. Why don't you go on ahead and and uh, and and t- tell my audience and t- tell our audience who are you and what is it that you do? Um, well, that's a uh, there's a lot there. Yeah, there I lot. am Jack Mangan. I have uh, been around podcasting almost as long as T. Morris, not quite as long as T. Morris, but you know, almost as long. Uh, you know, and I kind of got my foot in the door in podcasting through dragon the dragon page shows for those of you who've been listening and been around this world for a long time you remember those with other iron men with or evo terra and i guess michael armenengay has kind mm-hmm. of has stepped away but evo terra is still active very active stuff. yep um yeah and you know i, I kind of met them because i was my my trajectory at least in the beginning was not that different from t morris you know and i was i was a becoming writer and i learned of this opportunity through uh the, the podcast novels. So I, my first novel, Spherical Tomy, Spherical Tomy, Spherical Tomy. Uh, another great memory. 
released as a, a podcast novel. Uh, you know, and it did really well. You know, in that arena, in that world, and it was really a great thing. And then the Deadpan podcast is something I did that took off. And had a lot of great years. Again, as T alluded, and then uh, the past decade, you know, the twenty teens or whatever we're calling them, the twenty tweens. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what you're calling them. I've uh, <laughs> primarily been, uh, at least in, in the fun world, I've been, you know, doing music journalism. Been doing more and more of that. In fact, two days ago, I posted an interview between myself and Blothar, the Berserker Blothar of Guar. So, oh, my uh, God. You know, oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of that, and that's wow. been a lot of fun. And that's been, you know, but, uh, and also dealing, as those of you around me and even around the Winged It shows know, there were, there were life things that needed to be dealt with, dragons that needed to be wrangled and that kind of thing. So, so it took until about the late 20-teens. I, I retired. I actually ended, as, as T said, I didn't just pod fade. I, I ended the Deadpan podcast. Yep. Said, okay, this is when we're going to end, and went a few episodes longer than that. Ended that around 20, 2014. Yeah, the community still gets together. They're still there, which is fantastic, the community that kind of came up from the podcast. But anyway, that's, you know, so, and now, like I said, I've been, the writing thing is, is coming back. Uh, I've been doing the writing on my own for a little while. I haven't published anything, but that's kind of by, by design been doing just getting back into it and uh, i've had some great support but we'll touch on that um so yeah that's that's uh, you know that's the very high level view but yeah that's kind of what i've been doing so um uh so, so jack that that's part of what we were wanted to talk about here uh with the shared desk is we wanted to go into this current project that you're working on and uh, I think the first thing we should we should we should address about it is this is this is sort of new territory for you. And again, for anybody in chat that's curious about this, we're going to be talking about um, uh, the the different approaches that a writer would take uh, from one project to the next. In this particular case, Jack is known for being a novelist and a short story author. Um, even it, and and Jack is is being is being kind of humble about it, even though uh, Jack had stepped away from the writing. Uh, Pip and I kept dragging. It, it was a bit like that line from uh, from the Godfather Part Three. You know, as soon as I get out, they pull me back in. Uh, we kept br- Jack, dragging Jack into our into our steampunk world. And if you remember, there was um, there was from the season one of Tales from the Archives, yes, the original um, Knights Plutonian Shore. That's the guy that wrote it. And then Jack did another callback to that. Um, in the uh, in the the ministry uh, the ministry protocol, where uh, where he got he got a byline alongside uh, people like Alex White, um, Delilah Stalin, uh, Karina Cooper, a lot of good people that were in that that volume. And uh, so while he says he stepped away, we refused to let him go because we because <laughs> we, we we love we love Jack and we love we love Jack's work. But but this is a very different project that Jack finds himself in. Um, Jack, what, so the first thing is that this new project you're involved in is a graphic novel. So what is, apart from the obvious that you're working now with, with artists and imagery, what, what are the challenges in, in making the jump from novelist short story writer to graphic, uh, to, to graphic novelist? Well, thanks. I mean, that's a great setup. And I will have to say, yeah, it was an honor to, to, to write for your, for your world. And I really appreciated it. And I thought, you know, I had. I was really proud of Knights Plutonian Shores. Really thought that was a lot of fun to write, and uh, really just it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys kind of having my back, even 
when I didn't have the headspace for uh, for writing, you know, at, at that time, you know, you guys still said, "Hey, we need you to, this from you," and it was awesome. And, uh, and, so I really and to give you an idea, it. since I know Steampunk Rick is in here, to give you an idea of, of the impact that Jack made on the series, if it wasn't for Jack, we wouldn't have had the Office of the Supernatural and Metaphysical or the Agents of That's Awesome. Right. We didn't know um, that we, in we didn't America. even know that existed until Knights Plutonian Shore landed on our on our uh, <laughs> on on our laps, and we we're like, oh. God, we got to run with this. And when Jack gave us his blessing to run with it, that's when we got a chance to do all all that stuff in, in, uh, in Dawn's yeah. Early Light. And if you if you remember, Pip, we had the showdown uh, between Awesome and uh, House of Usher at Eastwood Ridge. That's which which is which is such a great callback to Back to the Future Part Three, and nobody caught that when he said that when when, when Jack said that in the story. I'm like, oh my god, Eastwood Ridge, that is such a pull. <laughs> but um, but but now, Jack, in the world in the world of of graphic novels, how does how does that differ from what you've done as a short story writer or as a novelist? Yes, yeah, no, sorry. So staying on points and actually answering your question, uh, I will plead the fifth. <laughs> no, I, no, no, so it uh, it's um it is very it's I'm, I'm still learning it absolutely um because you know well you guys know an awful lot about collaboration you know to state the obvious and uh you know it's it's absolutely a collaborative effort uh you don't have you don't want when you're the head writer on a graphic novel or a comics project you don't want a bunch of drones who are just going to do whatever um now so now my I did a lot of studying. I read um, Neil Gaiman's scripts. I read uh, some scripts that I found from uh, Alan Moore. I just kind of read what I what was available so that I could kind of learn from the best. I saw a Frank Miller script again. Um, just you know, wanted to make sure that I was copying some of the people that I grew up on and some of my comics heroes. Because you know, I also just as a quick, just a, an anecdote. You know, I was a huge comics reader as a kid, and and I is one of the probably like many people of our generation stepped away from it and then rediscovered it as an adult and went, wow, you know, this stuff is amazing. You know, of course, Dark Knight Returns is a, a major, it was a huge deal. Watchmen was a huge deal for me as a T and I have talked for hours about Watchmen. Wow. <laughs> Haven't we ever, but, haven't we ever. But uh, so anyway, so finally answering your question is that uh, I was trying, one interesting thing is I was trying really hard to, to draft the entire page because it's, it's not like screenplay writing, but you're, you're kind of mapping out each page and talking about where the, where the panels are going to be because it's a visual medium again stating the obvious and what was what ended up being kind of fascinating was that um you know i as i went along i would find some from modern writers who are really good i won't name names here because i might, i don't want this to be misconstrued as, as criticism but i was kind of saying wow i think you're a brilliant writer but basically your instruction is hey artist they have a fight on this page all right, on the next page and then they make up and then the next page then they, they you know I, and i was kind of saying wow that is really leaving a lot to the imagination. So I was trying to do the opposite of that. I was trying to really draft it out and say, okay, there's going to be a circular panel here, a trapezoidal shaped panel here with, Ooh. you know, with no border that leads onto the next one. Oh, wow. And so my artist, my artist finally came back to me and said, you know, I appreciate that. And that's all cool, but you don't really have to do that. Cause that's kind of where, um, where I am with the artist. And I think now, of course, some artists might say, no, please give me, you know, step-by-step instructions. But I think this is a kind of going to be the kind of thing and I believe that this is something I've learned, even looking at Neil Gaiman's scripts, you have to really, it's about a relationship between the writer and the, the artist. And I noticed on Neil Gaiman's scripts, I've read a few of his, he addresses the artist by name. It says, hi, Bob, we're, uh, you know, on this page, this is going to happen here and this is going to happen there. And this is what's important. 
So I think that's a really interesting, and, and uh, that's one of the major things, of course, you know, collaboration. And then, and of course, one of the nice things, if for all of you writers out there who struggle with your, you know, grammar and punctuation, you can write as good as you want when you're, uh, <laughs> when you're doing a graphic novel script, because you're just having a conversation behind the scenes. It doesn't matter if you, you know, have grammatical screw-ups or even misspellings. You know, what, what matters is what appears on the screen. Hmm. On See, that's, that's the one thing that T and I haven't done a collaboration on as a as a graphic novel. So it's always interesting to hear how how that whole process actually works. Maybe one day we'll we'll get into something like that. So um, I know you've talked to T about this project, but can you give me the the broad? What are you doing? <laughs> I know you're what is the what is the the subject of sort of graphic novel? How did you get involved in the first place? Well, fu- funny that you asked that. Um, no, it's it's a it's the story is basically that you know again as a music journalist, I've been talking to a lot of amazing artists and some of my heroes. One of my personal heroes is a guy named Brian Tatler, who is from the band Diamond Head. Who, mm-hmm. if you're a Metallica fan, you, you may not even. Be aware, but you've heard Diamond Head. You've heard a lot of Diamond Head. They're Metallica's favorite band. Metallica have done four, as of now, they've done four Diamond Head covers. Wow. Uh, one of their... Okay. Yeah. And they're one of Metallica's biggest songs is not even... You know, of course, Metallica have a, a legendary career and lots of brilliant songs on their own. But one of their biggest songs is a song called Am I Evil, which is a, a Diamond Head song. They, they covered the Diamond Head song. Uh, all of us kids heard it through Metallica first and loved it and kind of thought, oh, I bet you the original is crap. And then you hear the original and you go, wow, Metallica were really faithful. Like even the guitar solos, you know, you think, oh, nobody's as fast as Kirk Hammett when you're a kid. And no, the Brian Tatler is every bit as good in 1979. It is it's wow. pretty incredible. It's incredible. So Diamond Head's been around for a while. Yeah, they're they're about as old as Iron Maiden. Um, wow. I mean, not quite Judas Priest, but yeah, they're part of okay. the new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, they've been around for a really... Yeah. And by the way, Diamond Head are still going strong today. Their last album came out in 2019. It was one of the best albums of the year. It was fantastic. Fantastic. So, okay. Yeah. But so so anyway, I'm telling this in the long the long way around. Uh, cutting to the chase. Basically, I interviewed Brian Tatler, and we, we chatted a little bit outside of the interview, and I... I just said, has anyone ever approached you guys about making Am I Evil into a graphic novel or into a, a novel? I, I wasn't really, you know, stuck to a format. I said, you know, someone should make a story out of this. And he seemed to really like the idea and he seemed really intrigued by it. And I said, well, I could probably can make that happen. And, you know, we chatted a little bit. And, of course, he didn't know me. So I said, you know, I'll make this happen. He's like, he basically kind of gave me a little bit of, okay, sure. <laughs> because he's a, you know, he, I'm sure he hears the kind of nonsense all the time. Right. Like, right, hey, right. I'm going to make you guys, you know, so I'm sure he's like, yeah. Whatever. I'm going to make you guys famous. Like, exactly. So, yeah. So when I got back to him and, you know, I, was, I, I you know, ended the, my conversation with him and went and recruited a team of artists, an amazing team of artists. I'll drop their names in a second. But, uh I came back to him and, and, you know, I said, I just, you know, I need your permission. And I, there's one other songwriter as the original singer of diamond head. So I reached out to that guy, got permission from Sean Harris and uh, who's the, you know, the two songwriters I paid for about the license. So everything's on the up and up. And uh, so we're, and we're going. And so basically if you don't know the song, uh, the very first lines are my mother was a witch. She was burned alive. And then, you know, the next line has a curse word. So we'll keep it. We'll keep that out. But, <laughs> Thank you. I use the family friendly tag. So, yes, let's keep it. Let's keep it clean. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, darn it. Uh, but so 
So basically the rest of the song details his revenge. He gets his revenge on the 27 who murdered his mother. And of course the chorus of the song is, am I evil? Yes, I am. So that's really fertile territory. Yeah. It's really. Right and, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, and well, it's not, I don't have any delusions. I'm not saying, well, we're the first, we've no one else has ever done a revenge story. This is the first time, you know, that, but it's very fertile. It's a great story in the song. To me, I mean, the, the music is magnetic and electrifying, but also the story really is very captivating. And I felt like there's a really a great story to be told here. Um, so that's basically what we're proceeding to tell. Of course, there's witchcraft, there's revenge, there's swordplay, um, there's blood. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun. And what we have already so far is a lot of fun. The, the artwork that we have already is a lot of fun. It's going to be a really great fun story and also i mean there's some depth to it when he says am i evil yes i am and he, it kind of there's a tiny bit of philosophy don't worry it's not going to be 28 pages of people sitting around just dis- discussing you know <laughs> the nature of evil and man i mean it's it's that's not the story of the song there's going to be we're going to start with the witch burning and we're going to get to the revenge is going to happen wow. there's going to be some fun stuff but uh but yeah it, it's so I'll take a breath and let you know let you guys have your show back but <laughs> you know, yeah what, what time period is is it like a this world or is it a secondary world or is it is well, it a wait, period actually i'm glad you asked that we're actually uh we're keeping it non-specific but we're basically saying 400 years in the past okay. so we're not necessarily of course with when you talk about witchcraft where you know you your mind immediately goes to salem but you know this kind of thing happened in in uh, in okay. europe as well um you know so it's not this wasn't a strictly American phenomenon. Right. Um, right. So, so we wanted to make sure that a reader in the, you know, that no one was tied to it or someone said, yeah, Salem witchcraft doesn't really do much for me. It's, it's got a little bit of a sword and sorcery edge to it. But again, we're not going Conan, you know, it, it's going to, there's going to be, you know, it's a little bit more detail. There's going to be a little, some characters are going to have primitive flintlock pistols and, and blunder buses and that kind of thing so it's, it's going to be right around that time period but again we're not we're not being specific to a date or a time so that basically all of your readers can relate to it without thinking okay this is the puritans and and, Salem, and that's you know. fine because i mean you don't necessarily have to set this type of fiction in salem you know it doesn't have to be the cruise exactly it doesn't because i mean the uh the the thing about steampunk everyone seems to forget steampunk wasn't just happening in america and Great Britain, you know, we, we, we do steampunk in India, we do steampunk in Russia. I mean, there are so many different places, because the 19th century wasn't just... It happened everywhere. It happened everywhere, last <laughs> time I checked, you know, that, that was the, that's the magic of the 19th century. Um, so so now, that we've, now that we've got the project out there, and, uh, and, and yeah, now, now Pip's up to speed with you and me, because we've talked about this a lot, but one of the things that, that the three of us can, can talk about, both from a plus and a minus... Uh, is how do you fund something like like this? And well, the way you fund it, especially when you're indie artist, is you you turn to you turn you turn to the Holy Trinity, which is Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and GoFundMe. <laughs> now, but but now let's talk about that. What are the challenges that you're finding, Jack, with um, with crowdfunding? Um. No, that's a good question. Uh, you know, crowdfunding has been, it's been interesting. My first foray into crowdfunding has been in the, this year, 2020. Um, you may have noticed there are a few other things going on this year. I don't just know a bit. if you might have. Just, just a bit. <laughs> so I'm sorry. 2020 can go F itself. They took Chadwick from us. We were not yes. done with Chadwick. Chadwick still had a lot more stories to tell. Damn it. Yeah. Is a, 
295 years long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Longest effing right. year. Okay, but yeah, 2020, a lot of stuff's been happening. But you but you, you were one of the bold ones, and you launched a Kickstarter, correct? We did, yeah. So, you know, full disclosure, uh, the Kickstarter launched in April. April was the worst possible time. Because, again, that was when this thing was COVID-19 was yeah, really... Running around like crazy people, yeah. well, hopefully in the houses, but you know, yeah. Oh, well, exactly. Uh, you know, it was a it was a crazy, crazy time, and not it's not to say that everything is back to normal now. Um, no. You know, there are lots of chaotic things happening in, in the world. Uh, you know, that's uh, an offline discussion, maybe or an off mic discussion, uh, or a different podcast at least. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, there's a lot going on. It was not great timing, and actually, what I would say, since this is, you know, we want to help writers to to learn about things you know i was not i was saying two weeks before the launch we're probably going to go in two weeks we're just watching the world situation and that's basically you're you're already shot in the foot uh, imagine saying imagine you're about to take the field to play in the super bowl you know using a sports reference a sports uh, analogy and you're you say to the team all right i think we're going to go out in the field in a little while so if we do play your best you know <laughs> your your team are not going to play their best and that then include you know I just was not able to do it, it properly. So right. I, I don't blame, I, of course the, the world was a factor. I don't blame the world. I, I blame, you know, my, I didn't do all the right things because, because I was watching the world. And of course, as I said, the world was absolutely a factor. I certainly heard from people who said, I, I love am I evil. I will absolutely donate to this as soon as I have a job again. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Um, you know, it, it was what it was. So this time around, um, the team made a, a decision. I, I want to say right up, right off the bat, Kickstarter was a great experience. I learned a lot, and Kickstarter is a great platform. The, there's one reason why we're going with Indiegogo for our, our second go-round, which is really, you know, and we kind of, let me back up really quickly. It, within the team, we had kind of said, let's do this as a, as a dress rehearsal. Let's do this. Let's figure it out. With Kickstarter, like I said, it's a great platform. I don't, I'm not going to debate whether this is a flaw or a perk or what, but Kickstarter, you either make zero or you make your goal. Right. Um, right. No matter what your goal is, it, whether you set your goal too high or does, that doesn't matter. It's almost irrelevant. So obviously, so because we didn't make, we didn't hit our full goal. So we ended up with zero. So with Indiegogo, again, there was a team decision. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one who instigated this. I'm the one who assembled the team. Um, Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna stray from analogies because I don't want to <laughs> say I'm the Tony Stark because we all remember how that went for him. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I basically I put the team together, and I truly want to keep the team mentality there. Uh, and as a team, we kind of it was it was actually I put it to a vote, and it was unanimous to go with. It was either the votes were either I'm cool whatever with whatever or Indiegogo, mm -hmm. and the main reason for that, and and I even. Myself, I voted Indiegogo, not as a, a strike against Kickstarter, is because we've said, you know what, this time around we're going to go Indiegogo. Because with Indiegogo, whatever we raise, you know, minus Indiegogo's cut, which is how these things work. It's not like Indiegogo are, are robbing us; they're doing their job. Right. Yeah. Indiegogo is going to take their cut, and then whatever we have left is going to determine at least. It's. I, I mean, it could determine our entire budget, or it's going to determine you know a portion of our budget. But we will be able. We will be able to make something right as opposed to where we were at went after april we couldn't make anything because we didn't have any budget now we will have something and we'll make something and I, i've made a joke which some people have misunderstood i've said if we make nothing then i'll just draw it on on line notebook paper which is a joke <laughs> because i mean 
we have amazing artists. Maybe this is a good time if you guys are, are cool that I'm going to drop. Yeah, the I want to hear the collaborators that are making Absolutely. this. Yeah, and this is honestly, this is where all the money's going because actually our first, our first priority now. We're all, we've also taken printing out of our first tier, so we're basically we're going to do a digital book. It'll be all digital. Of course, printing will be a stretch goal, um, but we have amazing artists who I'm not going to shortchange them. You know, they, they're worth their time. And, and a couple of people on this team, this is what, this is their day job. Yeah. They're not just going to the office every day and then like, Oh, I'll do some stuff later at night. Like some people, this is their day job and they're professionals. They deserve to be paid at a professional rate. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. we have a guy named Cheyenne, Wright, Who everyone listening to this probably knows that name. Is yes. <laughs> we do a thing. Yes. Legendary uh, in our world and Hugo winner and just an Guy's amazing a master. artist. Guy's a master. I yeah. love his work. I love Cheyenne's work. I, I love the, his work and he himself is a great, he's great good guy. people. So he's real good people. Yeah, yeah. He's good people. So we're honored to have him on the team. Uh, we have a guy named James F. Beveridge, who's an Aurora award winner, multi, multiple Aurora award winners. He's so obviously he's Canadian, but his artwork just is stunning. Absolutely incredible. He's done. If you've seen, if you've seen anything from our project, he's done our, uh, what has been our, our main images of, of our, our hero, or I guess he's not our hero because he's evil, but our, our, <laughs> or he's saying, yes, I am. Yes, I am evil. But our, our protagonist with his two bloody axes in his hand, uh, looking really pretty, I'll say bad, but, you know, since we're trying to keep you, you can say You can say badass. I think that's fine. I yeah, think that's, that's fine. fine. Okay. Think, yeah, he's looking fine. badass. That's James F. Beveridge. And honestly, look him up. He's amazing. Got a guy named uh, Richard Clark who's who's done a, worked for, you name him, he's worked for him. He's worked for every major comics company out there including the big ones he's done work for playboy magazine for uh he didn't pose he, he did illustrations <laughs> uh, he's done work for sports illustrated i mean he's he's been all across the map he's done great stuff and then you know our guy named derek ma is our, our last artist who's on the team who's who's done some incredible canadian books uh one's called sharkosaurus which is a lot of fun uh and uh and he did a sherlock holmes book um which a, a young sherlock oh, holmes book, very, oh very cool very cool so yeah, great art from all of them. And one more name I'll name drop is Rich Catino, who's my my colleague at MetalAsylum.net. He actually owns Metal Asylum, and he and I are, you know, he, he's done a, an incredible amount of work for this project as well. So, again, my, the artists need to get paid for for their professional work. That's where the money is going. Uh, but, of course, we're going to put some stretch goals. So, so that's why I'm not going to say, like, oh, just, you know, if, if you are interested in this and you want to see something great, that's where, you know, we, uh, you know, my... I'm not the world's greatest um, uh, promoter, you know, <laughs> in spite of my initial reputation with, with Spherical Tommy, I'm not the world's greatest. So I know I'm kind of downplaying it, but, you know, the more we get, the more we can do this amazing story, the more we can honor Metallica, like Metallica, and the more we can honor Diamond Head, who are seriously legends. And again, the more we can get these artists done. And one, one other thing, I mean, I, sure, I'd like to make some money out of this, but that's not the expectation. That's not. That's kind of, you know, this is this is a labor of love for me. So it's not like I'm saying, please donate so I can, you know, I can ride around in my limousine. I'm saying, you know, please donate so we can break even. Well, no, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's so different. It's so different than when uh, when Pip and I were doing, um, uh, as you know, when we were doing the ministry protocol, we wanted to not only make sure we could pay, uh, you know, uh, um, CIFOR rates. I actually wanted to pay more. And we did. 
I, I told Pip, I said, look, for this being an independent project, I want to make the I want I want to make the the best impression we can make. So, uh, you know, this is the current rate. I want to pay this much. And Pip's like, okay, that means we're going to make more. And I'm like, that's fine. And we make more. I make more. And 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 you know, one of the ways that you know you because Jack is also chat. Jack is also the um, he is the head writer for this as well. You know, Pip and I were the editors, and the and and I contributed a short story for the protocol, and. I did not, obviously I didn't pay myself, you know, but the thing was, we wanted to make sure that the, that the actual artist, basically the cover artist and the, um, and the, the, uh, the authors inside the book all got paid and they got paid better rights because we, we are firm believers that if you're going to, if you're going to have other people playing your sandbox, you got to make sure they get paid. Um, so, Agreed. so Jack, um, uh, apart from getting people to, to, uh, uh, to ob- to obviously donate to this tor- this this sort of project, what do you think are some of the other challenges? I mean, uh, you know, have you have you found that trying to get on, for example, trying to get on people to talk about them on the podcast? I mean, is it is it is it is it better to do podcasting and, and, a, and a hard promotion push before you launch the project? I mean, and and I ask this because I've seen it where I'll, g- I'll give you a perfect example of what I thought was a, was a, just a heartbreaker of a, of a Kickstarter for me. Uh, I was at a, I was at an event called Magfest, and there was someone there who was uh, she was at Magfest, and she had the demo for her computer game. The computer game was basically teaching kids about biology, and the premises was you were in a submarine that had been shrunken down, basically Fantastic Voyage. You were shrunk down to microscopic level, and you were basically exploring the human body in this submarine. And I I thought my and, and the the graphics were the the demo was awesome. The graphics were gorgeous. I was like. Uh, she said, yeah, and I've got a Kickstarter. I said, great. Uh, when does it launch? And she said, oh, it ends this weekend. Eh. And it's ending the weekend of MAGFest, one of the biggest gaming festivals in the country, uh, which comes back to that, that other thing, timing. So what have been some of the challenges, apart from just dealing with COVID-19, what have been some of the other challenges that you've been, you've been trying to, to overcome? No, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a great, and that story is is a, is heartbreaking. Um, but you know, I'm a master. I am a master of timing. So the, the thing is, it, that's my little joke. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm actually not a master of timing. See, see April. No, um, <laughs> no one saw April coming. Yeah, ex- thank, thank you, Pip. Yes. No, you're you're right, and well, I mean, I think you actually. I've and just as a full disclosure to everyone, I have consulted with T. Morris on this because I I don't feel like I have the the best answer. What um, uh, but I, I I agree with um, I, I agree with basically the story. Do the opposite of what of the story you just told is don't get people interested right as it's ending. So I've actually have done a couple of podcasts appearances over the summer of 2020, kind of leading up to. Uh, actually, I haven't told everyone yet. We're going September 9th is our launch date, uh, which is the That's Wednesday. <laughs> the Indiegogo, September 9th, the Wednesday after Labor Day, for those of you in the United States. Uh, so uh, this summer, I've been talking to people and doing some podcasts. Some of them folks were kind enough. In fact, uh, the Two Gay Geeks and Good Times Universe were kind enough to say to me, hey, you know, we'll we'll hold off and put this out around the time of oh, that's the great. Or the, that's great. The Indiegogo launch. So that was really kind of them. Yeah. I think it is truly, you know, a matter of, of some time of timing is you kind of want people to strike up the interest. Yeah. You know, I also, 
let me go back to the previous one. We actually did some press releases in January, which was way too early. You know, people. You can't. Yes. You, yes. You can't. You can't promote too early. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask Jack about since we have a little more time. Yeah. Uh, this, so you've got some sweet stretch goals lined up. <laughs> people always. Lo- I, that's one thing. People we love a stretch about. goal. People love a stretch goal. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um, so you know. You don't have to write a strangely familiar pineapple erotica <laughs> or no. a goal, but just be aware that you might have to. So, yeah, be careful oh, what you put was... in your stretch goals, because man, yeah, be careful what you put in the stretch goals. It can happen. <laughs> well, that was going to be one of them. <laughs> and okay, my pineapple. Yes, my I pineapple. Am I pineapple on pizza? Yes, I am. <laughs> no, that that is evil. Yeah, am I evil? that is evil. In many of people's eyes, that is evil. <laughs> um, so thank you, you no, know, thank you for asking, and thank you guys for taking the extra minutes. You know, I, I, you never know how timing works. But uh, uh, so, since you asked, yeah, one of the stretch goals. I uh, this is actually I've been kidding, been joking about this. I, I mean, I realize some people are, are listening and not watching. Um, one of the stretch goals, probably the most important, will be that if we hit a certain amount, I will, uh, I will shave off this thing that has taken up residence on my chin. see <laughs> <laughs> about that. Yeah, yeah, we, this yeah, thing we... will go. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's all right. Well, that's a silly one, um, but uh, actually, that one's not even announced. Again, this is your guys are getting all kinds of world premieres at me because I've actually put up the uh, uh, the the preview page. Um, some people have seen some preview pages of Indiegogo, but uh, yeah. So one of the, these are actually some of them are exciting. Of course, the first one is going to be, we will do a print because I said, first and foremost, we're going to get this thing done and put out a, a digital book and not worry about printing costs and all right. that nonsense. Um, not nonsense, all that wonderful stuff. Right. No, but yeah, no. I mean, if we, if we raise enough, then yeah, there will be a, a printed version so that, you know, those of you who, who are still not on board with, with digital comics, I, Sure, you know you you like them the way you like them. I'm not going to tell you the way that you like comics is wrong. So there will be a digital version. Uh, one other thing, this is exciting. Uh, this is out there, but this is the first place I'm announcing it again. So you guys are <laughs> this is a special. Right. It's a special day. All right, there will be a podcast fiction version. Oh, a, nice audio book, if you will. Oh my god, <laughs> of the comic. Very nice. Uh, if we, and that will be available, you know, for free. But, you know, it will need to hit the stretch goal. But it's always nice to have a, a few that you don't reveal and just keep them in your pocket just in case that, you know, it shoots through the moon and you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know. What do I, what do, I do? And, uh, you know. Right. Well, and, and I'll, I will, the one last thing. Don't do that. I'll, the one, well, yeah. The one last thing I'll say uh, along the lines is that uh, I, I've spoken to a major artist who, who will remain unnamed, who has – Agreed. Then they've said, you know, we can certainly use one of our our old prints and as part of the the book. So it's a major artist, someone who's actually been recognized by Prince Charles. So this is not like, uh, you know, it's not like, yeah. He's, so he's well a well known artist um, with lots of street cred as well as as literal royal cred. Uh, so um, we may uh, get some. I may have even said too much, but uh, I, so. We we may get um, a little bit of a piece from them. That'll be a stretch goal, but their name will be um, will be announced if we hit that stretch goal. So we'll get some. So basically, to sum it all up in a nutshell, we'll get some incredible guest art if 
you know, we had a certain, so, so those are our stretch goals. We'll get some incredible great guest start. And as I said, the first stretch goal I, I mentioned, you know, we already have some really nice fan art contributions. I would love for those to be officially and the back pages of the book, you know, when you read a comic, you get, the oh, no, that'd pages. be cool. There's all kinds of cool. art. So, right. yeah, that'd so, be cool. yeah. So, so those are our stretch goals. Yeah. So we need to make this happen. So we're going to drop this so that people can just click on the link from this show, go straight there, give you money, get something awesome, you know, make it happen. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, you guys having me yeah. on and taking the time and, and putting up with my, my little delay to get out of the way, but I really, oh. I appreciate, you know, you're right T. It's been year, literally years, you know, you guys have been doing this, this for years. It's been wonderful. I know you guys have been guests on my podcast multiple times. So it's, it's really great to finally yeah. kind of make my, and have a good reason. Like five years ago, I could have shown up and I would talk to you about journalism and that kind of stuff. I wouldn't really have the, uh, you know, the fiction, creative fiction. So this is, and I hope the last thing I say, I certainly hope I answered some of the questions that you guys had. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we appreciate, we appreciate you being on the show and definitely we, um, uh, definitely we will be making sure that all the links are, are going where they're supposed to be going. We're going to make sure that, uh, we point people in the right place and whether this show goes up, um, the week of, or the, or, or, or week before we're going to make sure that the link is there. And we will always also remind people when we're coming up on the shared desk, that yes, this uh, this this um, this Indiegogo is still going on. Make sure you go and check it out. And again, thank you all for uh, for hanging out and chat. Thank you all very much for uh, listening to the shared desk. Remember, folks, the shared desk is protected by no commercial, no derivative, share like United States three point license. You can find out more about that license at creativecommons.org. Bring back any memories, Jack. <laughs> and uh, you can also you can find me at t at tmorris.com. You can also find me at uh, at the website tmorris.com. And Pip, where can people find you? Ejballantine.com. There you go. Yeah. Or you can leave us voicemail and leave Jack voicemail if you've got questions about uh, graphic novels, about uh, about crowdfunding you can go ahead and uh drop us a voicemail at 703-791-1701 again thanks everybody for listening until next time enjoy the ride catch you later